noche, San Antonio. Welcome to Puerto SAFC. It's Matt. And Clayton. Clayton, what's that music you're playing there? Oh, de joy, Matthew. Oh, de joy. Oh, de joy what it is to be back here in the pod. Uh, pod den. Happy to be back. To see what I see what I did there. Oh, what no. a joy. Oh, de joy. Oh, what a joy it is to be back. Oh. Yeah. A little diehard reference. We'll come back to that later. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Beethoven. <laughs> Good to be back in the pod, then, Clayton. All right, what are we doing tonight, dude? What are we doing? We're doing our first listener question show, right? We've done a listener question show before, haven't oh, we? Oh, we have. You're right. We have. That's right. Our first COVID coronavirus listener question show. Yeah, this one's, this one's uh, non-SAFC in season. Listener, the other ones have been primarily based on SAFC, right? Like the other one we did. Man, I totally forgot about that. And we answered like 11 questions in one show or something. But we're doing a little different this time. We're doing a little different. A little deeper dive. And um, and we we chose doing the, this because uh, we frankly ran out of stuff that we wanted to talk about, right? So we want to hear what the, the people that care. A lot wanna, of wanna, responses. Want to talk about. And I'm, I'm, I feel thankful and joyous that they, uh, they care enough to uh, let us know that they want to hear what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Hopefully they'll want to listen to us talk about what they want to hear us talk about. I don't right. Know. <laughs> right. It would seem weird to ask us if you didn't want to hear an answer, right? So we picked four questions. Uh, you picked two. I picked two that we both liked. And we're each going to give them a shot and then riff on that for a little bit. Be here maybe an hour. Maybe talk about some things. Anything to add? Are you ready to Right. And, and by no means are these like our favorite questions or are we like um, the ones that we picked? Are we... Uh, kowtowing to certain listeners or anything like that these were the ones we talked about we talked about all of them right that came in and yeah. some of them we felt more comfortable that we could actually talk in a somewhat intelligent fashion than others right i mean it was pretty haphazard we just said how about these two how about these two like yeah. you're right no favoritism right not the best or the most interesting questions but some of the other questions do honestly seem like a whole show and so yeah, there's that exactly a little intimidating yes exactly right and like i don't know if i could speak <clears throat> Uh, that intelligently on something like like that, you know, for what I'm saying for that length, well, for that length of time. We'll so probably, we gotta mix it up. We gotta chop it up. We're right? probably gonna ask for more questions, and we're probably gonna answer more questions in coming weeks. But we'll see. Sure, we're not we're not playing any live games anytime here. So. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a word from your SASC? I did. Uh, season ticket rep today. I did. did you no, watch? Oh no, I didn't get anything from the um, from my season ticket rep. Oh, I, I saw that the the um. The SAFC and camos or whatever that they, they put up there, and then they put up another part to the Thunder, the SA Thunder series oh. about how the season actually went that they mm. played and stuff like that. It was a lot of statistics and a lot of, lot of uh, but very well done. They followed, they followed through. I really like that thing that they did. Yeah, I've got a, I got a video from my season ticket rep for SAFC. Look at you. Maybe I don't. The tickets aren't actually in my name, uh, so maybe the person whose name they are in. It was. I was ready to be blase about it but it was i felt it was nice it was just like we don't know and we'll be here when we're back so they didn't say anything about like they weren't addressing any actual like questions like are we going to get any money back or is this going to be prorated because they don't they don't have any no. answers right yeah That's basically what it said the only thing they said was the season was delayed till may 9th and that has been changed to indefinitely and i'll tell you, i i don't feel like they need to reach out to me and explain to me what they're doing with my season ticket money right now. I, no. I don't. I don't think this is their fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If that's uh, that's not why I'm in this. I, I'm not. There's there's no skin in that for me. And you didn't. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's old money too. Like it's spent. <laughs> yes. You know. What exactly. Do do? I'll be happy to get whatever we get this year. Yeah. You know? 
Um, anyway, so... You ready for your first question? All right, am I going to start? Um, would, you like, would you like me to start or do you want to start? All right, Clayton, so your fir- the first question goes to you. It's from listener Dave S. All right, Dave... Uh, D- oh, no, no, oh, you're asking me. Yeah, you're I'm asking, asking you. Okay. The topic is... He says, topic. Recent rule changes that have improved the game going back the last 30 years. All right, I'm taking a stab at this. And before I take a stab at anything, um, I'm filing a disclaimer that, like, while I... Um, love soccer. I've watched a lot of soccer. I talk about a lot of soccer. I I've never sat down and read the rule book. Like exactly what every rule says. I, and, I, I, and and I don't think that's what he's getting at. That's no. what, that's what I'm pointing out. <laughs> that, that, but you but like but so like if 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 anyone's expecting a letter of the law discussion, I can't have that. I can't cite things. They're in the wrong podcast if they want <laughs> to read the rule book right. of Clayton. So so when I when I speak of the spirit of the law or what I think so yes. All right. Here yeah. we, here we go. Agreed. So, so that's what we're getting at, right? Caveat and Pater. All right. Thank you. Um but with that being said, the original rules were written in 18 codified in 1860. All right. Joking, joking, joking. All right. Um 1990 that puts us back 30 years, right? 1990. Um, even is onside. Even is onside. That becomes a, uh, and I'll explain that a little bit technically. So, offside is when you are past the second defender, and there's only one defender between you and the goal, and the ball is ball is played to you, mm-hmm. right? And it used to be. Even was considered offside. Ah, oh, it's like tie goes to runner. It's exactly what I have written down here in my notes. It's the tie goes to the runner rule. Okay. All right. And just a little bit of background for it because there has you have to say, well, why would they why would they change something like that? So in nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety, the World Cup was in Italy, and there was an average of two point two goals per game, which was the lowest in the history of the World Cup, and it's still the record. So. Um, soon after that, I don't have the months exactly. They played the World Cup in the summer, so probably when they met in the fall or the winter, they ratified and changed changed the rules. They're like, "Hey guys, we gotta we gotta do something about this." And what's the best way to do that? And I imagine a body like FIFA is probably a pretty conservative body, and like, there's not a lot of change that goes along. You know, like there there weren't that many from 1863 until that time, there weren't that many significant rule changes. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yes. Is this your only rule that you're going to address? No, all right. Do you, need, do you have a list of one, I, a list of five? I have like three or four at most. Oh, so this isn't your top one? No, I no, I didn't this order just, them. No, I'm going oh, no, chronologically. I'm going I'm going chronologically. How about okay. that? He said 30 years. This is exactly 30 years. Okay. Right? So does that make sense? Okay. So um, So it encourages attacking play. I see why it's important. Yes, exactly. Beneficial. So And I, I know people that think it should now be that you should have to be your whole body offside to be offside. Do, do, and here's a, here's a question. So Dave is asking about rules that improve the game. Does more scoring necessarily improve the game? Is that yes. a is that a question? Yes. Okay. Does. I mean, think about the sports that we know also like the NFL where every change is made to help the offense, right? You can't touch the quarterback. Uh, you know, there's but no more hand checks and stuff like that. I think people is it is it universal that people want scoring? Yes. Okay. All right. I think that certain coaches and players in the moment enjoy, you know, focus on defense. But as a 
is a generic thing. People like offense. You know, like those generic, I mean, not generic, those um, early Spurs teams that were winning championships and were like, you know, the final scores were like 93 to 84 and, yeah. and stuff like that. People did not like those Spurs teams. The NBA did not like those Spurs teams winning because the brand of basketball they played was slow and yeah. plodding and, and defensively. And like, and then they've changed the rules of the NBA. No more like hand checking people. No more like ripping guys up in the through the lane and stuff like that. So so scoring is what people want, and that's what this rule was. But I do think there's a big caveat that like it's like baseball and runs. When it's too easy, it cheapens it. And so yes, you want more scoring, but I know that that's also the lowest scoring World Cup. People don't like NBA All-Star games, right? Like, you know, where, right. where, where no but defenses play. That's the lowest-scoring World Cup going backwards also. And so it was a trend, and the rules people said, okay, it swung too far to one side. It's a pendulum that swings. Right. You don't want eight goals a game, or, a, it's, or you know, that's a different and you, game. And it, it's harder to score than to defend, wouldn't would we say? Do you think that's a generalization? That's yes. That, that, and so you only see one goal in ninety minutes. That's a yeah. Lot of and so like chances. let's let's and so that at that point it's like well let's give them a little bit of it to try to even the playing field a little bit. You want it to be rare, but you want it to be achievable. Yes. Otherwise, everyone just plays defense. That's okay. that's a great way of looking at it. Yes, yes. And you know I'm a, you know my personal well if you don't give up a goal you can't lose. Right. You know like and. And if the referees and the FIFA administrators are helping you, it's easier to not. That's another thing too, you know, like like if all the forces are against you and they're changing the rules, then you need to adjust to that, right? Yeah. All right. So anyway, so then then just two years later, so I wonder why they did this. And two years later, they um, goalies are then prevented from using their hands on any deliberately kicked pass from their teammate. No, nothing better radio than someone reading a rule, Clayton. So I just that's, tell us what happened. I felt, and I just explained it. It used to be you could pass back to the keeper, and he could pick it up, and uh, and then in 1992, all of a sudden, you couldn't do that. The keepers had to play with their feet a little bit more, and it changed things a little bit. But I wonder, do you think they did that to try to advance the scoring even more? Because it seems like that's mm-hmm. an off. That's a, right. That's obviously an offense. An offensively related, like you constantly have. If you can just pass it back to your keeper, then you have a whole extra player that can. That's that's like, uh, it's like home base. Yes, right. You like do. you can't touch that person. Yeah, it just even scoring or not scoring, it's a more exciting game. I, listener Dave, who asked the question, that's his answer. He said it made the biggest difference. Okay, that that the teams so could just. Answer, so he answered his own question. I asked him. I said, "What do you think?" Because right. he is a referee. Yeah, he referees high school games. I I. I thought about inviting him to the pod to give us the referee's perspective when there's a ref question. Yeah, I get that. Our referee expert says that's his answer. Sure. Like we have um, Alex is our resident goalkeeping expert. Yes. yes? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, I can remember as a player it making a huge difference. See, I'm younger, so I grew up with this form. I had I, – I was in um, – I was youth. You know, so like we couldn't control the game. Like I couldn't see out a one nil victory by playing keep away with my with my goalie. But now like, they I wasn't that good to. enough. Oh my god, think about Imagine like Pep Guardiola if his teams could do this. Yes. Or like those Spanish those Spain teams yes. those that were winning the World Cups and stuff. So it, right, it's almost like a certain style of play they they, they try they for, they're forcing people to, to make to, to change the way that they're gonna play. Good rule. Okay. All, All right. right. Agreed. Yes. Like, well, no negative. Yes. Yeah, so that, that improved the game. No for one sure. buys tickets to see the goalie pick up the ball from his own pass. Excellent point. <laughs> Excellent point. 
So from a from a entertainment perspective and from a forcing you to play uh, yes. play facing the goal more as well, right? Can you imagine if on Sunday soccer with the squirrels we could pass back t- we had a player in front of the goal like you do that half of the time you just be like oh just keep the ball just right. keep the ball just keep the ball it doesn't um it it doesn't uh suggest or encourage like uh um uh what's the word i'm looking for like uh improvisation yes. it doesn't encourage it, it encourages staleness yes is what it encourages all right okay moving on good but so you haven't gotten to my answer so agreed so agreed both improve the game yes okay um then in 2013, goal line technology. Ooh. That seemed that seemed kind of a wise back. To, we're in 2020. Has goal line technology been around for seven years? So they they the the EPL used it first. Believe is is what I read. And okay. but anyway, goal line technology. So it's an important rule. I don't know if it's necessarily good for the game, but it's an important rule because. It removes a lot of subjectivity. It improves the game because it gets more calls right. More exactly, it's, it's, it, it makes things more objective. And it's there's a zero millisecond delay. It's instantaneous. Right. So which we'll come back to so, with your next. So that's rule. a very different rule than say even is on, which is all about subjectivity, right? Like what is even, right? Can you can this can is you the be, first, can you be totally parallel? The first step towards robot referees. There we go. Okay. So removing subjectivity. So we agree that that makes a a good rule, kind of. I don't agree that it makes a good rule. I think it impacts the game. Okay. Don't right. think, I don't know if this is this is good for uh, because it's a clear. It's not like a foul. Like the ball's either in or it's not. All right. But if I fouled you or not, that's a more subjective thing. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Offside, I think, could go this way. Right. If there's no, I mean, they already do. They they do the line right now. They do, which brings me to my last one, VAR. Yes. There it is. Two two thousand seventeen VAR. Um. <clears throat> I'm plays. right now. I can't say that I haven't. I mean, we've seen it now for what, maybe two seasons since 2017. We, we haven't had to sit through it at home games. You saw it in Russia at the World Cup, though, didn't you? Yes, we did. Did you have some VAR incidents? Um, in England, in the England Tunisia game, we did on the pet review of the penalty kick that went off of Kyle Walker's arm oh, uh, in the been. in the box. What did they call initially? Uh, penalty, and they kept it as penalty. Oh, they did. Yes. I think I think they used VAR okay, for that, but anyway, the point is, um, I don't know if I can say good rule or not because I don't know if we've seen it, we've had enough exposure to it, right? Like we wouldn't be able to talk about the passing back to the goalie. The question is, did it improve the game? I don't know if I can answer it yet. I don't I know would, if I can answer that. I'll answer it then. Okay, do no. it, please. No, it hasn't. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, what were we talking about before we started? Like, I miss genuine excitement. Like scoring the goals or anything more genuinely exciting than that, yes. and then they immediately now you immediately suck the air out of the room. What was it? the game that I think it was Man City scored a scored a winning goal and just an incredible what would have been for me the game of the season of any league, and then it got called back for VAR and it's like I had celebrated as though it were the most important goal of the season, right? And then it disappears and and, and we're not even talking about whether or not they're getting it right or not. Because I would, I would guess, I, and I haven't seen numbers on this, but they they get it right generally. Well, yeah, yeah. You but know it's just that luddite thing of uh, maybe I'm okay with them getting it wrong occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's that's all I got. I do have a little. Um, I do have a little something from a little sub question from 
listener Michelle H or uh, or contributor to the pod in my head Michelle H asking about the um, the uh, um, Hillsborough incident and wait what does it have to well oh, this is a rule change yes well the Hillsborough disaster okay. is what it's called and you know what you, you know what for our listeners that don't know what I'm talking about in 1989 there was an FA Cup match between Liverpool and Nottingham uh, Forest and it was the semifinals and they played it at a neutral site at Hillsborough, which is the home of Sheffield United. And because of a lot of different things, there ended up being 96 fatalities where 96 people were crushed up against the fence because back then in those stadiums, they didn't have assigned seats. There was a terrace level and there were different levels where you just you just went in and they, they were supposed to have enough space for you, but like... I think in this case, there were so many people showing up and there were fake tickets that they just opened the gates. Yes, exactly. They opened turnstiles. And there's, so that leads to, so anyway, it's, and I'm not making light of anything. I'm bringing this up as a, as a point. And so there was a, so there was a thing called the Taylor Report or the Taylor Commission that came up to study it, you know, and figure out if there was fault. And there was a whole bunch of scandal about, you know, the findings and stuff like that and the causes of death and manner of death is determined and who was the contributor and but, stuff like that. Well, the report led to... Let, led to changes in the way that you see a soccer game and the experience of a soccer match in the United... in, in, in England. Changes in the stadium. Yes. Not the field it, or the TV camera. No, not like... And so it's not a rule that affects the on-the-field game, but it's a rule that have affected the experience and, what's, and what soccer is. So right. it's in the stadium. They, they, they all have to have... There's yeah. no more standing room. You know in what I'm England saying? England only. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, Scotland, yes, they don't follow, but like to be part of the Premier League and stuff like that, you not, have to... Uh, what I mean is not the rest of Europe. Yes, Just exactly. England. Yes, exactly. And so, but Michelle and I sat through a really good 30 for 30 about it, and she brought it up. She was like, hey, like... What's it called for the listeners? Uh, I don't remember. I watched it too. It's really good. It is, and like it's a lot of the raw footage from back then. Yeah. You're, you're. I mean, you're right back in it. Like when those people are all filing in, you, you feel your lungs start to like, oh no, don't go in there, no. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up. So that that's my question. There, there it was. Oh, that was that was it. That's all I got. Which one do you think is the most important? Um, I which think... improved the game the most? There you go. I think the no kicking back to the goalie, um, I agree with Dave, because it, it makes everybody on the field have to be a more complete player. Yeah, more aware. H- how about that? Yes. Yeah. Better at soccer. Yes. Yeah. You know? You're less likely to and have... If, and if we want to hone our craft, you know, like if we if we all want to be as good yeah. as we can be, then like, then that's going to make you, you know, you can't rely on that. You can't have that as a crutch. You can't have like... Because we've all played with the big, tall, strong guy... Who's not actually good at soccer. Right, but he can bruise me and then knock it back to the keeper. Good defender. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get by him. But he's not going to pass it by you. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, I agree with Dave. But that was good. I like I like that question. So, Matthew, yeah. your question is... It's from listener Andrew Casillas, why you look it up. Yeah, from didn't, Andrew C. Didn't know he was a listener. Maybe uh, SAFC 2030 in parentheses. That may mean something. Uh, look into the future can be as optimistic or pessimistic, pessimistic as you'd like. Matthew, what do you got? What are you talking about? Okay. What, what do you see there? I chose to do an optimistic and a pessimistic. Ooh, okay. Let's be negative first. Pessimistic. It says RIP SAFC. 2014 to 2020. It's a tombstone, Clayton. 
Whoa. That they you become... You did an illustration. Yes, I did. There's some blank space on my paper. Team becomes like the San Antonio Rampage and dies. Yeah, I mean, isn't it weird that, that he asked that question? And maybe because he knew the Rampage was getting ready to, to, to be done. Well, it's, it's a possibility. 18 years. 18 years the Rampage were here. It's a possibility, though, huh? Yeah. I mean, Spurs didn't get MLS. They own this stadium that they're not going to get what they need, right? Um, yeah. I mean, they... Does that worry you at all? Or you think they're more good for a team? I think they want to monopolize the entertainment dollar. And, um... Why'd they let go of hockey, then? Well, I, I mean, I don't think there's that many people that are, like, hockey fans that were diehard. They're going to keep that, like... I think there's a lot more diehard soccer fans than hockey fans. I, and, obviously, bottom line is, is something... And I don't know anything about the bottom line with the Rampage or with the SAFC or something like that. But I think SAFC is more likely to be something than not be something. Hmm. So, But I do definitely think that they see a bottom line somewhere, right? I mean, they're not going to just hemorrhage money. <laughs> I was. That's funny you say that because I was just thinking they must lose so much money owning this team. I mean, right now, yes. Every so. game you just go to and it's dollar beer, it's dollar hot dog, the tickets are almost free. And you kind of, and the parking's free. It's like, where are you making your money? And 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 that's probably not what you were. What what were you thinking about about it being a real possibility? Like where what was it, with COVID? Of? I mean, USL teams. If this doesn't, if we don't start playing again soon, right? I mean, how many? So here's another a way to. It could be a league viability thing. Like if this is a prolonged thing, how long can the league stay viable? Because all the pro, all the top division team leagues make TV money. So they can play without fans, but SAFC can't play without fans. There's yeah. no TV money. They're paying teams money to put them on TV, right? Right. Yes. They. Yes. That was. Let it be known. Yeah. So I, I get that. I see what you're saying. So, so we're going from a um, a monetary. Well, I guess they're kind of connected. Like if you're not playing, they're not making any money. I I don't think they'll die because of COVID, but I do worry that it just all it takes is the Spurs to change their mind. It's like. They're our team every year, and then it only takes one year. It's like cutting down a tree. Once someone decides to cut it down, it's dead. It's yeah. Gone. No, I mean, there is definitely. I'm trying to think about what, if I could phrase it in different terms about if they were not here in 2030, in a decade, why it would be. I'm not, I, I can't mm-hmm. really articulate. I mean, maybe there's just not a demand for minor league soccer. Yeah, you, you could art. You could. Th- there's that. It's a. It could be a supply and demand thing. Yeah, I mean, I, we really. I mean, I don't watch much MLS soccer. You know, like if if they weren't if they weren't here, if they weren't my team, then you know. Don't yeah. get too pessimistic. I think the. I think minor league soccer will work. I wouldn't be watching much USL soccer if San Antonio didn't have a team. Yeah, how about that. Agreed. Okay. But I think the league will survive. I think we'll have a team as long as the Spurs want it, but. You know, the, the owner dies, and they get a new owner, and he just says no. Or they sell to a different owner who's sure. not local. No, I mean, I remember I used to I worked for uh, the city council when there was a certain mayor in office that was very actively pursuing an MLS team, and, like, numbers were being bandied around, like, $15 million, $15 million for the team back then. And then a new mayor came in and pff, scrapped that idea, you know. And then the, um, the Saints, that the, it was yeah. when Hurricane Katrina, and then all of a sudden the Saints, and we're – Itching over that, you know? So, yes, I see what you're saying. All right, here comes the optimistic. Yay! Um, I guess I'll just run right through it without too much description because I wrote it down. 
So on the heels of the wildly successful 2026 World Cup. Is this, where, where does this fall on the pantheon of predictions versus rea- re- like hopes versus hopes and dreams versus realities? Let's get, I don't know. Let's, okay. <laughs> so on the, after the 2026 World Cup, big success, right? USA, Mexico. Um, the SAFC is playing tonight in May 12th, so Ooh. I guess they've changed calendars because they're playing in the USL promotion playoff. So they're in the playoff final. If they win, they'll go up to MLS. So big night. Uh, in the stands, we got Jose Gallegos, uh, you know, former SAFC player, current U.S. men's national teamer. He's, he's playing in the Netherlands. Pretty good Ajax. He's, he's had a good run with them in the Champions League. No, not the Champions League. I don't know. Uh, so what we got going on, the stadium's pretty packed. We're really happy because it really looks like all 12,500 people showed up. So they've expanded the stadium. There's plans to move it up to 18,000 if we make it to MLS. We'll see. Now remember, this is only MLS. It's not the Liga MX USA Super League. (laughs) So it's really the second division we'd be in. So we've added another tier of soccer in 10 years. Following the World Cup, USA Mexico got a 20-team Super League. It's just Lomas Bueno. Um, Alan Marcina, still coaching the team. What? Baby Popovich. <laughs> the Spurs have stuck with him. He's got some gray hairs now. He's really coming into his own, trying to get promotion for the first time. And, oh, playing center midfield tonight. You know, Coach Marcina's dedicated to the youth. You'll like this. He's got a young Brady Shattuck. <laughs> only 18 years old, getting his first start. Uh, I mean, actually, he's a regular, but a newcomer, new first-time starter... Charlie Hayden on the field, making his debut. You, you went, you went decisively more optimistic than you did pessimistic. I love that. That is awesome. Charlie, that you, went, you went, you went decisively more optimistic than pessimistic. And you know what? I, I don't. Why not? Why not be optimistic about it? You know, like. Well, I tried to bring up all the themes that I think could be relevant. So that's it. Um, I saw. Um, uh. Lee Bob Williams, who works in, for SAFC in their uh, training um, in their academy, like had something on Facebook today. It's some article write, written about our academy and how it's a model. Yeah. Like how it's a model. I didn't get a chance to read it, but I just saw, I saw the same. Board. Same. When I tried to get on the um, well, anyway, it wouldn't it wouldn't open. But anyway, well, respond. What do you see on it and all that? I mean, I, I think about the leaps and bounds. And I don't know. I'm not in the inner workings of it. But we went from just starting this academy to having. Players like that are going to be that are professional players Ethan in France and Europe in a very short period of time, right? Gallegos is on like U.S. national team watch list. So there, so if the talent's there already, there's nothing to think that that talent isn't going to be there ten years from now. And if if you have one or two kids from a, an academy that make it, and I, when I say make it, someone's paying them to play soccer, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that could definitely be a thing in ten years, you know. And I think it will be a thing. Well, what about World Cup, USL? What are we going to see? What do you see in the future? Like, So I gave you my worst case and my wildly ridiculous best case. You've been, you've been um, propping up this, uh, this combined USL, I mean, uh, MLS and, and Mexico thing. But I, just, I can't see that happening. Man, I can't see them making another tier of and have like some of those owners be given – you know, a little bit loftier status than than other owners. Would you watch it? No, because we just get Ooh. pummeled by them. 
and I just, I can't stand it. I know what's coming every time. <laughs> every time it's like we win a we 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 win at home in a scrappy. You know, then we just get pummeled down there. Or even here, they'll come up and score like four goals. You know, like you don't overcome. think that if we went in this, that Arthur Blank and the other big time owners wouldn't put more money in their teams? I don't know. See, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they haven't done it so far. It's not like winning that whatever championship, the, the CONCACAF Champions League. They haven't gotten motivated to throw money at that yet. No, that's true. But this isn't like a tournament. This means like you just have a league and year round of the best 10 from each. I understand what you're saying. I understand. Uh, but we're, we're getting off of SAFC and where they fall in this. Yeah. You, you distinctly went promotion relegation. Well, 10 years. You, what think do you think so, huh? What about, I don't know. Is ten years? No, that was the wildly. Yeah, I'd love to see so it. So how long? How long have they been a single owner entity or whatever? You know, whatever the description is. MLS yes. or USL? Yes, MLS. I don't know. Six, eight years, ten years. I mean, you think they can out entrench themselves out of that in ten years? Oh, single entity, the whole league, yeah. twenty-five years. Yeah. I don't know. See what but I'm saying? Could FIFA, hopeful, optimistically, maybe. Could FIFA force us to promote and relegate? Ooh, there we go. Because why don't we? It's in the laws of the game. That's what I've heard. Like I said, I've never, I haven't gone in there and read them and stuff like that. But like, what, what kind of, what would FIFA be able to? to what would the punishment be? What could they I don't do? Know, they could just demand it. Like that, starting with the World Cup, we have to. And like, your club team can't play in the Club World Championship, or you can't play in. FIFA sanctioned. Uh, uh, if FIFA sanctions you, they can like take away your players' international permits. So like, we're not a national team and we can't play. And everyone on our team. Oh, they can go bitch like that, huh? They can take their football and go home. You can't go play on club teams because you don't have international. Like, if you're rogue, yeah, if you can't cross the, if you like, can't. Right, I got you. Anyway, um, yeah, but obviously that's not what I think it will be. So I'm what I may. I didn't really say what I think it'll be, but. I don't know. Will USL be a league? Will there be promotion and relegation in USL? So, is the World Cup going to help? I mean, it seems to me like USL is on pretty solid ground. Yeah. And um, like the NASL, we knew was we knew was was shaky, right? We always and we we knew that the the people that were running it were a little kooky, and the owners were really calling the shots and stuff like that. USL has like. We talk. We read about the, their meetings and you know central office and like. It, I mean, Grant, that's kind. Of, that may just be for looks and show and whatever. But I mean, it seems pretty pretty stable. Ish. Yeah. I don't think ten years it gets it, and but but you are right. This whole, you know, if they lose a season, and then they lose a few teams. Oh no. You know what I'm saying? Like. No, I think they've got 36 teams. That's huge. Yeah. So if they can just start pushing some teams down and filling up the USL 2, like what they call the USL League 1, I think USL and League 1 will have promotion relegation soon, like within five years. Yeah, because that seems the most likely avenue. Do you need 36 teams in the division? Like, no. God, that's a ton. No. And if so anyone new you get, you're going to have to do something. You can't go bigger than, like, 40. Yeah. So, I, no, the, the, I'm going to say they have to... They have to make adjustments, that's for sure, you know? It's just a matter of whether it's the adjustments that we all want to see or the ones that are just going to benefit, you know, benefit their business model. Yeah. I think it, I mean, it's really grown, I'd say, like in five years, so. Okay. I I thought you'd like my fake match report. Uh, It was good. (laughs) It was. A la your Colorado switchbacks. Yeah. 
What position is my kid playing? You know, I put them both in center midfield, but oh. that was it on my front porch before I left for here. So I definitely have. I don't know, man. I envision my kid as a box to box. He is moving around nonstop <laughs> these days. I think he's a forward who just run. He's like all over the place. You just can't hang with him. Yeah, he's he is, and he's he's. He can contort his body, so when I'm reaching, trying to grab him, so it's like trying to run that last defender right, going like that, you yeah. know, trying to stay even, yeah. right? <laughs> Brady in in U seven soccer, Brady's box to box because he's not that he's not that good at anything, but he's not bad at anything. So he's like going up and going down, and like some of the kids just not. It's amazing that a six year old will naturally be a defender. He's like he's your Kimmich, you know, like he's just getting up and down. He can play every position. He for can you. play with both feet. Just plug him in. Not going to do anything spectacular, but he's going to do everything just fine, pretty well. Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. That's just no, my, that's awesome. That's my Brady U7 scouting that's, report. That's awesome. All right, next question. Okay, Clayton. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Asks listener Justin Barber. Justin B. Justin B. Um, simply, yes, it is. It, it's, there's, there's no argument that it's not. Um, but... Uh, and our music from uh, starting off the show, Ode to Joy, is from the scene in Die Hard when they crack open the safe. And like that music is like the music that you envision as when you're a kid and you're opening your favorite present, right? <laughs> like, isn't that what you felt like when you when you got that Nintendo and you're opening it up? Isn't that the music you heard in your head? Yeah. So it's like when they're opening that vault and that's like their Christmas present. Like, here's the deal. You could tell that story... You could tell the story of Die Hard in any other setting, but hmm. the Christmas, um, the Christmas setting enhances the flavor of it, right? And it and it and it guides it in certain like the whole reason that they can pull off the heist at that time is because you know all the money's there for Christmas, hmm. and then like all the people are having their Christmas parties, so they're a little loosey goosey and they're not paying attention, you know? Okay. They, they've got their eggnog and like, and it also has you know the troubling themes of Christmas as well, like family reconciliation and stuff like that like John McClane's coming home on that airplane to try to reconcile with his family the only reason he's home is because it's Christmas right it has Christmas it has Christmas themes like like not overtly Christmas you know like there's not Santa Claus running around all in it chopping zombies up or anything but it's um, this this weird I was looking up non-traditional Christmas movies there's an insane number of like Mm. zombie Christmas movies and vampire Christmas movies and all these weird little sub-genres but but anyway so but um you know it's it's a Christmas movie and it wouldn't be told it wouldn't be told the same without the Christmas themes right I said no. What? Okay. Why? Because it's, it's not primarily a Christmas. Like a Christmas movie is like a Thanksgiving movie you would expect to like be about Thanksgiving. Yeah, but like it's but, a bank robbery movie. Sure, there's a, but like there's also themes like running through it, like loneliness and cynicism and stuff like that, like and family dysfunction. Yes. That are all part of the holiday that we associate <laughs> with with Christmas as well. Correct. You kind of convinced me. I just was saying that I wrote no. Okay. But you had a pretty convincing argument. Right. Um, is it primarily a Christmas movie? No. Sure. Is it heavily? So I don't know. And like he's got the the guns with the wrapping paper behind him. Okay. You know. But I mean, if it had been set on the Fourth of July, would you call it a Fourth of July movie? No. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. There's there's 
the themes running through, and yes, it's set during Christmas time, but that's only an element of it. It's the other stuff also that I was mentioning that that, that make it a Christmas movie. So, I we went, me and my wife, we started watching non traditional Christmas movies, um, about six or seven years ago, mm. like, and this was the first one because she had never seen Die Hard, and then the next one she had never seen Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon is a Christmas. Uh. at the very beginning when the girl throws herself off the the roof. And it's Murtaugh's friend's daughter or whatever. Like there's the Christmas tree and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, there's some. I'm just gonna recommend a few non-traditional Christmas movies real quick. Can I ask a question? Yeah. For that, yeah. at the DA's office, are there a lot more suicides around the holidays? I don't know because that's not a crime, and I prosecute crime, mm. so I don't know anything about like. There's don't... a myth out there that it is a crime. <laughs> It is not. I know. <laughs> Among the high school kids, I will. Maybe that's what if, the council. If any of your, if any of your listeners are, it is not a crime. <laughs> no, but it that's is a not crime. saying it's okay. <laughs> it's not saying it's okay. So I just want to file that disclaimer right now, <laughs> on behalf as the lawyer, I guess, as well of uh, of the Puro totally SAMC podcast. No, I'm going to chime in and say that this Christmas, my Michelle and I watched "It's a Wonderful Life." Which is set at Christmas. Yeah, it is. Lots of it. I mean, it's set in various sure, years, but sure. almost always Christmas time. Go for it. Okay. I'm um, interested. L.A. Confidential. Great uh, film noir. Like, uh-huh. it starts on Christmas Eve. There's a pol- there's a brawl in the police station after people are having too much eggnog. And it, I think it won the best, uh, I think it won best picture one year or something like that. The Ice Harvest has Billy Bob Thornton and, uh, and uh, John Cusack. And it's set in Wichita, Kansas, hmm. and it's 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 very, it's it's a dark comedy. It's good. Edward Scissorhands, definitely definitely a Christmas movie, definitely a Christmas. Movie. Winona Ryder still looks pretty good. And I've been watching this anyway. Not my time. Um, there's one with Robert Downey Jr. and and Val Kilmer called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> it's very very underrated, and all ages can watch it. Well, it's rated R, but it's not what you think it is. <laughs> It's 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 excellent <laughs> as well, and then there's a little there's a little quirky one set out in L.A. which actually is at a suicide prevention hotline. It's got Adam Sandler and uh, and Steve Martin. It's called Mixed Nuts. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that, those are my those are my non traditional Christmas movies. And Die Hard is even a traditional Christmas movie. Is it, it's not uh, even traditional. Is it Gross Point Blank set at Christmas? Um, no, is that the one where he goes back to his uh, reunion? I don't know. It would be his reunion, so they wouldn't have a reunion over Christmas, would they? But I mean, it doesn't I necessarily. Not. I guess not. All right. Anyway, all right, Matthew, do you, you have anything else that you want to add on that topic? No. Did I cover it pretty good? <laughs> I was interested to hear your answer because it's good. <laughs> all right, Matthew, your question from listener Tobias K. And I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it at Tobias K because I always get it, the last name wrong. Um,. Bundesliga will start in the second half of May. Give an, give an introduction of players and teams to your listeners that will start watching it since no other main league is playing. Matthew, that's your question. Man, Clayton, I'm excited. I'm excited like I haven't been since an SAFC game. I brought it up as one of my free kicks like two weeks ago. I was like, they're going to start playing soon, damn it. So it's this Saturday, as you know and as I know. 8.30 a.m. Saturday morning, Dortmund v. Schalke. I, I skipped to the end, but that's when we're starting. So I went through this. I highlighted some themes, all right? Okay. Just going to tell you some things that I found. 
What I really like about the Bundesliga, you and I have both been watching it a lot more in the last couple of years. Yes, since Christian Pulisic was at, when Christian Pulisic was at Dortmund. Yep. And we we got we got into it, and plus we started giving they started giving us a lot more exposure to it. Yeah, and the big thing I've liked honestly is the crowds. They're so energetic, and they're right up on top of the the, the fields. Best crowds that I've seen on TV. Either Fox just turns up the crowd noise. Or they're great crowds, but obviously there's not going to be crowds. Don't love the coverage nearly as much as <laughs> as the as the Premier League. Fair enough, but no crowds, so like that's that kind of is a downer. But when I went and I looked, I really got excited, Clayton. So let me just, let's see. I got three. Like you said, Christian Pulisic. Like when I watch a league, I'm looking for American players and storylines I can relate to. So let me read you. I guess. Wait. Let me let me interrupt. I'm guessing, and I think I see where you're going. I'm guessing there's an American on at least. I'm gonna set the over under at five and a half teams in the Bundesliga. Oh, can you can you can you speak to that? Over. Now, what's good is you know, well, Here's the top se- the top seven of the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich is in first place, fifty five points. They've got Alfonso Davies, who's Canadian, and he's setting the world on fire. So an MLS grad, he grew up in the MLS academy. So like guys like. Jose Gallegos, Alfonso Davies is that kind of not player. an American, but young and exciting, and we like young and young and exciting. And he played in the MLS. He was developed by probably mostly American coaches. So yeah. first place team, but they're only in first place by four points. So that right there, that's pretty interesting. There's something to play for. Here we go. So the top seven, every team except one has a local interest. Alfonso Davies, the only non-American out of those. So second place, you've got Dortmund, fifty-one points. With Gio Reyna, who we could go on and on about Gio Reyna. Gosh, I'm doing this backwards. I really was going to start with the individual players. Gio Reyna's dad, Claudio Reyna, American legend. His mom got six caps for the U.S. women's national team. Yeah. So he's the kid of two national teamers. He's only 17. He's been playing in almost... He's played in the last seven games they've had, and he started a couple. He's, he's not just getting, a, like, mop-up. They're putting him in for 15, 20 minutes at a time, at least. No, he started yeah. one of the last couple games yeah. before the break, yeah. before all this stopped. So, second-place team has him. Third-place, Leipzig, only one point behind Dortmund, only five points off first, has Tyler Adams. Who's been hurt most of the season, but has had all this time to hopefully be back to full fitness and out there moving and grooving. So, he's a 20-year-old American that played for Red Bull... New York. So he came up in the American academies, came up playing youth soccer, born and bred here, then went over to Salts. No, straight to Red Bull, I'd say. Yes. Usually starts when he's healthy. Then fourth place, Borussia Mönchengladbach, 49 points. Only one point behind third place. They have Fabian Johnson. They do. Uh, forgotten, but he's out there starting. Well, he's had some injury stuff too, and he lost his place for a while. But he's been a big part of that team for a while. Okay, fifth place, Leverkusen, forty-seven points, so about eight points off the pack. They're the hipster team. They've got Kai Havertz, who's a great. I guess since I'm previewing the Bundesliga, Kai Havertz. If you watch Leverkusen, twenty-year-old German who looks like he's gonna be one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Have you seen him play? Yes. He's just good. Yes. Um, then sixth place. Oh, between sixth and seventh, what we got going on here is at 37 and 36 points is Schalke and Wolfsburg. 
The sixth place team is Europa League, so that means some money. That means a lot in Europe to make the top teams that go to the Europa League. Sixth place has Weston McKinney, U.S. national national teamer, and seventh place Wolfberg has John Brooks. Yep. So every team in the top seven besides Leverkusen has an American or Canadian player. Wow. I didn't Pretty think... cool, huh? Yes. And then we didn't even mention Alfredo Morales. We didn't mention... Oh, we're getting there. Oh, I'm sorry. There's more. I'm sorry. So, uh, well, keep going on your response, though. So, Alfredo Morales, where is he at? He's in the relegation battle. So, 16th place Dusseldorf has Morales and Zach Steffen, two Americans. They're in the play... They would have a playoff right now. And is the redhead... Is he really going to be our future striker? 17th place Werder Bremen. That is automatic relegation has Josh Sargent, American striker. They're they have a very thin pool at striker these days for the United States of America. Yeah. And looking for him. I saw something that Juventus was looking at him. Did you did you did you see that on recently on soccer by eyes? Youth. Not like like recently. I don't know. I haven't he hasn't played well this year. No, he's and he was been hurt a little bit too, but he hasn't gotten the, his minutes have reduced from last year when he was playing. No, he's played more minutes. He's just been yeah. less effective. He hardly played. Anyhow, relegation. The last team is Paderborn. So 16, 17, 18, two of them have American players. So in the top, you've got Americans playing on teams. In the bottom, you've got players playing on teams. And those are the games we enjoy watching, especially at a time like this, as soon as they start up. Oh, and it's yeah. going to have meaning because those games have extra meaning, right? And so many of those Americans have been hurt this year. Yeah. That this has really helped. I really hope so. I really hope so. And and I hope that we can find a way, and we're getting a little off topic here, but, but to find a way for when World Cup qualifying starts that these guys have been playing, you know? And yeah. This isn't off topic. Yeah. I think it would be great for them to do the – I mean, Bundesliga's coming back, so. Yeah. And then they get a little break, and then the fall starts. Okay, what, third, last thing to point out for the Bundesliga preview if you can watch either of the Berlin teams, I, I called it the Battle of Berlin. Uh, it's just kind of fascinating. Hertha Berlin is this big club. They've gotten a lot of money from some billionaire. He wants to make them like a world power. He's going to spend all this money. They were the biggest spenders in the winter. Jurgen Klinsmann joined them, as you know. They sit in 13th place. 11th place is Union Berlin, which is like this people's team with an all-wood stadium that's all standing, and they just came up from the lower division. It's the first time that they've ever made the Premier League. Watching, a, they are going to, um, they're going to sorely miss their home fans. Yes. Like, of all, like, feeding off of the energy and crowd. I've seen them play a couple of times. And they're crowd, they're right up on top, and they wear all red. It's crazy. Don't they wear all red? And it's like, and they're like right on top of you, and they're they're in your face, and they're yelling, and like they are serious, and like that's gonna hurt them because you know they need to get try to scrimp and and get as many points from. Yeah. Well, they're in eleventh point, eleventh place with thirty points, so I think they're safe. Those their games are exciting because they concede a bunch of goals. But then they've been yeah. scoring a bunch of goals, too, so it's like they're fun to watch. And Hertz is awful. They spent all this money. Union Berlin spent no money. They're just playing second division players. So I, I, I'm i watching those two teams to see who finishes first among them because yeah. I think that's kind of cool. All right. Dude, I'm so excited. 7.30 a.m., like, I mean, 8.30 Saturday, excuse me. I can't believe you were saying that Fox isn't going to carry any any games at all. 
I can't believe that. I guess like unless it's a Bayern Munich game or a Dortmund or Bayern, like the only the only German ones we've seen on regular Fox have been Dortmund Bayern Munich, right? Something like that, but yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, they don't have anything to show. I don't know. Don't understand it at all. So, um, those are our questions for this week, huh? Clayton, I have one last question for you. Okay. If you could only watch soccer for the rest of your life or play soccer for okay. the rest of your life. Let me tell you about the listeners. Yeah. Uh, we got four votes for watch. Tochi, Court, Peter, and Michelle. And four for play. Wow. Aldo, Dave, Sergio, and Morel. So you're the tiebreaker. All right. So my, my I have to ask a question. Does it, when it says, so if I play... I can't watch any soccer. Like, I can't watch my kids play soccer if they choose to play soccer. You could watch the team you play on since you, like, coach them. Uh, I'm picking watch. I'm I think picking you watch. Could, I think you could I don't watch wanna, your kids. I think see, you could watch your now kids. now I'm forcing you to make, like, I'll just, it's either watch yes. or play. I'm, I'm t- picking watch. Really? I'm, I'm hoping that I can one day watch my kids play soccer. Mm. And... And there's no guarantee of that. Neither of them may want to play soccer. And so I would have gambled away my... But I, I don't have a lot of years left, I don't think. So <laughs> of where I'm really enjoying playing. And like I'm definitely not going to be able to play to the age where I can like play with my kid on the same team. If he even wants to play. Um, so I'm, I'm going with watch. I'm gambling that one of them is going to want to play. And so I want to be able to watch them play. Wow. Yeah. Look at you don't want to... You know, I'm I'm moving on. I'm being selfless. You know, I've been I, selfish for 45 years. I've gotten to play. You know as what much else that I means, want. Clayton? Yeah, that means you can't play with your kids. Ooh, I didn't <laughs> think about that. I I think me deriving pleasure just watching them figure it out on their own though will be would be better than me trying to show them how to do it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Because you know, like that's when that's one of the things as coaching. That they're trying to uh, in coaching, they're trying to instill these days, right? That like the shouting coach, like on game day, telling the kids to do this, that, and the other. Like you can do that during training, that's great. But then when the games, you gotta let them figure it out, right? Is that is that kind of the the new thought process? Yeah, for in, sure. In coaching and stuff like for that. Sure. So like, I don't want to be that dad out there like trying. And plus, I'm, by the time they're playing, I'll be fifty something. I can't. I'm not gonna be able to outplay with them anyway. Right. <laughs> so, so there. So that so that's that. How how would you answer it, Matthew? Or have you answered it already? I I was thinking about this in the car ride over, and I don't really know. Well, you have to choose. <sighs> it's not fair. It's. Hmm. I think play. All right. And it it pains me because I love to travel to soccer events. World Cup or a Dynamo game oh, or a yeah. US game. It's taken me all over the world. Mm. It's made me go to many places I never would have been. Well, I'll tell you all about it then. But on my, I on my trip. <laughs> but I love to play and you know but I love to play and I've played in a lot of places that I've gone and I can't imagine not being able to play. Okay. Even like you you know that I'm just as happy or happier playing as a forty-year-old. Well, you made it. I was you made it when you broke your leg. You made it a long time without playing, and like, Sucked. and then you went a big gap before you started playing again. Even at, you know after you were healed, right? Like, yeah, the, but know? it sucked, and I like it that much more that I'm back. Okay, all right. S- still want to be safe and not get hurt. All right, it's a tough question, huh? It is. I mean, there's the, 
the laziness is really the only pro to, my, to the to the watching because it's like, eh, my body's breaking down. You know what I'm Ultimately, like, I think I'd rather do things in life than watch things. And although I prefer to watch, but I know it's better to do things. I get it. And so I'll choose. You're a hands-on learner. Yes. Versus a visual learner. You cannot just tell me the thing and have me remember the okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, I grew up watching TV. I love also, it. like TV was TV was a a decent parent to me, you know. I mean, I've it never beat me. It never, you know, like it never like wouldn't give me more candy. I had strict TV rules, so 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 like you could put me down in front of a TV, and I can and and that's a lazy answer, but that's my answer. Damn it, I know I know know thyself, right? There's no wrong answer. <laughs> no, know, know thyself. The only wrong answer, and that's is the lie. negative part of it. Like I t- I took the high road and was like, oh, I want to watch my kids it's for the children. <laughs> Did I sit on? I'm here for you. All right. Charlie. Is that serving as our free kick this week, Matthew? Or do you have a separate free kick? What are we going to do next week, Clayton? Once again, I don't know. Do we want to? Do we want to try to answer some more questions? I'd be down with that. And or, you know, if with how about how about some more questions with uh with a damn I missed that moment like watch the German league this weekend. We'll have a segment called. Damn, I missed that. And then, like, describe what it was. <laughs> something you didn't watch and you missed, or something that you were missing like from I, soccer? I missed from watching uh, soccer, and the more I missed from, from having live sports on. Mm. You, how, how does that sound? You know, just, okay. a, cu- just a couple of Will them. you remember that for me? Maybe. You do, know, we maybe wanna, do we want to ask listeners for more questions, or stick with the ones we've got? Let, how, many, how many do you think we have left? Like ten. Oh, really? Then yeah. we stick with what we got. We're gonna. Those people were dedicated. They got their answers in on time. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're listening to the podcast right now still, and you have a question, just text it in, and we'll add it to the list. Yeah, we're not saying we won't consider. But I'm, I'm not going to advertise it. I'm not going to send a pro- poking, prodding text out. All right. Because I think we have a lot of questions already. I thought we gave some pretty thorough answers, Matt. So hopefully, they, hopefully our. Uh, Listeners got some answers to their questions. Hey, if nothing else, like this made me so excited for the Bundesliga. Or, do you have a free kick? No. Me either. No. That was the free kick. Just doing this made looking at all the Americans, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like any top seven game I can pretty much turn on. And and like what we love about the Bundesliga, and you've been saying this for years, is they, they play the young kids. Yeah. You know, like you don't know who a lot of these guys are. And then you see them two or three years, and then you go, oh, man, I remember when he was at, you know, like, remember when he was there, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, and you're like, man, the German League, it's awesome to see them take those I don't know if they're taking risks or if they just know. They're like you AAA baseball right now. Yes. Just playing kids and selling them on. And, like, there never used to be, the German League used to be all German and Polish, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, now, now there's, English, like, Jaden Sancho. You know, I didn't even exciting, bring him up. Yeah, one of the most exciting players in the world. You never Holland. like I, I you never saw English players go and play in Germany. Ever. Well, he's the first. You know, and you know what it is? It says something about the way they're doing it. If a guy like Jaden Sancho can't be playing on the first team because he didn't come, you know what I'm saying? Because they they're buying too many more established players. Yeah. Then then that's that's weird. Because he, he was Man City. That's weird. But he knew he wouldn't play. It's like every commodity that the Premier League is playing, they're a devaluing commodity. Like, they've, they've spent too much on them, and they're just going to get worse from there. You know? Like, you don't see a lot of players get better. When we were doing that world draft, I looked back, and I didn't realize, like, Salah had been sold by a big team. Did you know De Bruyne originally played for Mourinho? Yes. And, and then Chelsea, yes. got booted out and went to Germany for a few years? Yes. And, like, 
Mourinho said he didn't play an FD or something, or there's something <laughs> wrong with him. Right, and it's like, how did these like? And then Pogba went to Juve and back. Sorry, go ahead. No, no you're like the assessing of ta- it's like trying to pick quarterbacks, maybe like for the NFL. It's you know, like the Dallas Cowboys. Like everyone wants it right now, and it has to be perfect, and you can't develop anything. Or it's like UT football. Right, because it's like as soon as a team loses three games in a row, they're talking about the guy getting fired. Yes. So, of course, he wants the highest-priced players, the people that you know that are at the pinnacle of their career, and they're not going to – you can't take chances it's when there's just, that much money on the line. It's just like England, uh, UT football where three quarterbacks transfer away. They're all great at other schools because they wouldn't couldn't play at UT. You know what, you know what it's, it's, it's like? And this may be a transition to what we're stumbling until I die. Oh. Talking about that, right? Like – if you de- if you don't value somebody correctly, you know, and you get it wrong, mm-hmm. and they're a total fl- like it can put you in financial disaster. Second so they- Jack Rodwell, yeah, ex- on yes, exactly. And I don't want to get too much into the- that. That's a consideration for next week, Sunderland. You know, that's my free kick. If we hear from those guys, as Andrew Casillas said, best thing I've watched during coronavirus. So good, Sunderland till I die. So good. The other SAFC, and and you know what. We've talked briefly about it. We love it for drastically different reasons, right? Like, I find something I love in it different than... than and we, we love some of the same stuff, okay. but, like, we both see different things that we love in it, right? Yeah, you see Britain. Like, I I like the production value, like, for the song at the, <laughs> the beginning song. And, the credit, and the credits. <laughs> no, it takes me, like... It takes me there, man. It puts me in that place. I love the office vibe of season two. With Charlie Methvin just being the biggest douchebag that's ever oh been. Oh my god, that guy's all <laughs> teeth and hair, isn't he? God. Isn't he just teeth and hair? He's that Tory bastard. Fires that poor single mom on, <laughs> on on Boxing Day or on New Year's Day. Oh god, I didn't even think about that, that it was New Year's. Anyway, we, we're not going to mess things up for, for people, but eventually we're going to talk about that and we're going to devote a lot of time to it, right? Oh really? Yes. Oh uh, well, actually, I, I don't know if it's... I don't think we're going to hear back from them, but I'm working on talking to those people over there. Well, whatever. We'll you see. know, like, and so then maybe we just talk about it. Yes. So, all right, man. Well, that's what I got for this week, bro. Me too. All uh, right. Soccer's back, baby. Yep. We'll have something, uh, definitely something live soccer related. They're not turning back now, right? I mean, we're no. these games. Even though Dynamo <laughs> Dresden has coronavirus, they're still playing. <laughs> all right. Good. Yeah, they just, they sent them to a, uh, prison facility camp outside of Dresden. We'll talk about it next week. Maybe we uh, pot on Monday instead of Tuesday. Whoa, we'll, we'll talk whoa, about it. Whoa, all right. Buenas noches, Antonio.